This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. We now shift our focus to West Asia. The Israel-Palestine conflict has once again taken a bloody turn. There has been a chain of bloody events. I will get to that in just a bit. First to a VVIP visit. America's Secretary of State Antony Blinken landed in Israel earlier this evening, a little after 6 p.m. IST. He wasted no time in checking items of his itinerary. Blinken is not the first high-profile American to land in Israel in recent days. The White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was in Israel earlier this month. So was the CIA's director, William Burns. Such back-to-back high-level visits are not usual, are they? So one cannot help but ask, why really are American officials flocking to West Asia? What explains this chain of events? Underlying tensions, that's your answer. And a lot of these tensions stem from Benjamin Netanyahu's cabinet. You see, it's a club of religious and ultra-nationalist politicians. The most far-right cabinet Israel has ever seen. We have been telling you about this. And now the fear is that Israel's new government could trigger an escalation in the tensions vis-a-vis Palestine. How exactly? through its policies. If one's to go by the developments last week, then this fear does not seem all that unfounded. Let me quickly bring up what happened and bring you up to speed with the latest. On the 26th of January, Israeli army raided the Jenin refugee camp in the West Bank. At least nine Palestinians were killed. It was one of the deadliest such operations in decades. Israel justified it by saying it was targeting jihadists. And the story did not end there. There was a deadly domino effect to the raid. Jerusalem saw two shootings over the weekend. First, a Palestinian man opened fire outside a synagogue. Seven people were killed. At least three others were injured. And then, a 13-year-old Palestinian boy opened fire on a group of civilians. At least two people were injured. Israel reacted to these attacks with a host of punitive measures. One, the cabinet agreed to seal off and demolish the home of the Palestinian man who attacked the synagogue. And two, the plan is to also cancel social security and health benefits for the families of the attackers. And three, the cabinet wants to make it easier for Israelis to obtain weapons. The logic is quite simple. An eye for an eye in the name of protection slash security. But when when exactly have guns really solved any conflict? The Israel-Palestine conflict involves history, geography, religion, and it will be foolish to think peace will flow from the barrel of a gun. Because it won't. Same with coercion. But who will tell this to Netanyahu's cabinet? Over the weekend, the Israeli police and Jerusalem authorities went on a rampage. They demolished several homes in East Jerusalem. Jerusalem municipal authorities say these homes were illegal. They did not have the required permits. (laughs) 
The Israelis came and terrorized the children and women and expelled them and did not allow us to take them out. They demolished the house, my friend. I want to say something here. For a long time, we submitted a request for planning, but to no avail. You pay money day and night, but without a result. Because this is a displacement policy, a Judaization policy. They want the people to be powerless. Israel is calling it a crackdown on illegal construction. But one cannot help but point out that these demolitions follow the Jerusalem shooting. It's hard to not put two and two together here. Among the houses demolished was that of the synagogue attacker. But Netanyahu insists he is not escalating tensions. We are not seeking escalation, but we are prepared for any possibility. Our answer to terrorism is an iron fist and a powerful, swift and precise response. This iron fist is among the many things that worries the West. The fear is that such demolitions will become a norm and it will be followed by moves to strengthen Jewish settlements in the West Bank, something that Netanyahu has already promised over the weekend, adding fuel to the brewing tensions. The Biden administration opposes Israeli settlement construction in East Jerusalem and the West Bank. And why is that? Because these lands are sought by the Palestinians for a future state. Before flying to Jerusalem, Anthony Blinken tried spelling out Americans, America's stand in as many words as possible. Egypt, like us, is a stalwart believer in the negotiated two-state solution. Um, the only path to a lasting resolution of the conflict and, critically, equal measures of democracy, opportunity and dignity for Israelis and Palestinians. And now that Blinken is in Israel, will he be able to draw a clear red line? Or will Netanyahu and company go ahead with radical policies, triggering more bloodshed and risking the involvement of Hamas? A lot of what happens next also depends on what happens here, in this piece of land, the village of Khan al-Ahmar. Now, why do I say that? You see, in 2018, an Israeli committee decided to wipe this village from the map. Why, you ask? Because Israel claims this village was built illegally. How many people live here? Some 200-odd Palestinians. Cut to present, an Israeli group that supports settlements in the West Bank has petitioned the Supreme Court. This group's name is Regavim, and its question uh, to the top court is, why has Khan al-Ahman not been raised yet? The top court has asked the government to respond. Netanyahu and company have until the 1st of February. Time now for a twist in the tale. Regavim's co-founder is a man named Bezalel Smotrich. Have you seen him? He is now also Israel's finance minister. And what's more, he has been given control over the Israeli body that regulates planning for settlements in the West Bank. Talk of all bets being off. 
What happens next and how bloody this conflict gets is anybody's guess.